You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> What up? Welcome back. How are we? Episode 42 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. We're back. Per usual, middle of the week episode in which we preview the upcoming Giants game this time around. It's the Giants versus the Washington football team taking place this Sunday, October 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time at MetLife Stadium. So the Giants finally get a home game again. The last home game they had was week three in that debacle of a loss to the 49ers backups. So, because then they went to week, they went to LA to play the Rams in week four and then to Dallas to play the Cowboys in week five. So the Giants are back in East Rutherford and uh, for the first time in a couple weeks, which is good. But before we preview that game, we have some news. Okay, and not ideal news, injury-related news. So obviously, Lorenzo Carter now out for the year with a ruptured Achilles tendon, uh, which he suffered against the Cowboys this past Sunday. Ocean Zimenez also on injured reserve with a shoulder injury that happened last week, so he's going to miss the next two games at least. And so what does that mean? That means that this outside linebacker group, this edge rusher group, was once a, well, was once a group that possessed the proper depth and had bodies is now the opposite. Okay? That's why depth is so important in today's NFL. We're seeing it right now with this Giants outside linebacker group. You lose two bodies, one or two bodies. In this case for the Giants, it's two. It goes from a group that has noteworthy depth to not a whole lot at all. I mean, the Giants signed Trent Harris to the practice squad this week. He was with the Dolphins and Patriots in the past, so he has familiarity with Joe Judge, as well as offensive coordinator Patrick Graham. But that's just a practice squad. We're talking the active roster. Okay, so now a group that once had Kyler Fackrell, Lorenzo Carter, O'Shane Zimenez, Marcus Golden, Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin for reinforcements if they you know, needed them. Now it just has Kyler Fackrell, Marcus Golden, and after that, it's like, oh, shoot, those two rookies I just mentioned, Brown and Coughlin, are right up there on the depth chart. So it's it's uh, it's weird, but it's a, a situation the Giants are going to have to progress forward with. Um, and it's not like they don't have you know talent at that position either, though. And I, I want to make that clear. I'm not talking about the talent at all. I'm talking about how the depth has shrunk which isn't good at all. You know, as I said, in today's NFL, depth is so important. So the depth shrinking isn't good at all. I'm not worried about so much about the talent of the two guys still having those two outside linebacker spots right now. I love Marcus Golden. I can't believe it took Marcus Golden until week five to really receive a noteworthy number of snaps. I don't know why the Giants hardly played him at all the first four weeks of the year. 
We all saw he led the team last year with 10 sacks. Was the first Giants linebacker, I think, since 1990 to rack up at least 10 sacks. Lawrence Taylor, I believe, at 10.5 in 1990. And the first Giant, period, since Jason Pierre-Paul in 2014 to rack up double-digit sacks from any position. So we we saw he was by far the best, the Giants' best pass rusher last year. I just don't know why it took Marcus Golden until week five against the Cowboys to see significant playing time. I don't know if it was scheme-based that he didn't play. I don't know if the schemes were the reason why he didn't play the first four weeks or other guys just impressed his coaching staff more in practice. I mean, I guess we shouldn't forget this is a new coaching staff for the most part with a new outside linebackers coach, a new defensive coordinator, new head coach. So maybe other guys just impressed his coaching staff more than Golden did, but I don't know. But I get, all in all, we're moving forward, and now Golden has this great opportunity to really prove to the coaching staff what it's been missing, uh, what it was missing the first four weeks of the year. And um, Fackrell's good, too. I like Kyler Fackrell, and I'm sure a lot of Giant fans like Kyler Fackrell after this week when he had the pick six against the Cowboys in that first quarter. Um, Kyler Fackel's proving to be a great pickup by Dave Gettleman. And I know I bash Dave Gettleman a lot. More than a lot. I bash Dave Gettleman all the time. I'm, I'm a huge Dave Gettleman critic. I'm definitely on the wave that we should get Dave Gettleman out of the organization. I criticize Dave Gettleman all the time, but I will say this is a good move by Gettleman to pick Kyler Fackerel up. Because it wasn't like it was a big name. It was a cheap deal to get Fackrell, and he's been great for the Giants as far as a pair of sacks. As I said before, he had the pick six against the Cowboys, uh, and he actually is tied for third in the NFL with six tackles for loss, um, which is a pretty interesting statistic. So those guys I mentioned, Golden and Fackrell, are going to lead the way. And then you got Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin. Will they? Will their playing time increase amid these uh, two injuries to Lorenzo Carter and uh, Ocean Zimenez. Yeah, sure. That's how it works usually, unless they pick another guy up. Like, I mean, unless Trent Harris climbs the depth chart quickly and surpasses them. Yeah, I, I can definitely see Cam Brown and Carter Coffin's playing time increasing. But then again, who knows? You know, you don't know what you're going to get out of them. At least from our perspective, we're not on the coaching staff. You know, at least I'm not. <laughs> you know, we're not. You know, we're not at these practices. We're seeing what's going on. It's you know. We don't know what we're going to get out of those two guys. And at least for Cam Brown, Cam Brown was more of an off-ball linebacker at Penn State. So his responsibilities are going to need to be expanded to play that outside linebacker role. And um, Carter Coughlin, and Carter Coughlin was an edge rusher in college, and a good one at that too, great one. Played for Minnesota in the Big Ten, won, earned second-team All-Big Ten honors twice. So the last two years, the 2019 and 2018 season, he earned second team All Big Ten uh, as an edge rusher for Minnesota and the Big Ten. So he's not going up against low level talent. He's going up against Big Ten schools. I don't know exactly what their schedule was the last two years, but regardless, they're going up against Big Ten talent. And he, you know, put on a show two years in a row. So we know he can rush the passer, but then again, at the pro level, it's much different. It's much faster. Uh, that's why they're special teamers right now, Cam Brown and Carter Coffin, because they're trying to get accustomed to the speed and intensity of the pro-level game. So, uh, But I think they their playing time will eventually increase, especially amid these two injuries. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to get a noteworthy number of reps against Washington. But, again, I'm not in the coaching staff. I'm not, you know, within, I'm not in the building. I don't know what goes on exactly. So... 
And so moving on, we got and oh, Sterling Shepard. Um, he didn't. Tr- Sterling Shepard. Some thought maybe he could come back for uh, the upcoming game against Washington. So Sterling Shepard, obviously, we know suffered the turf toe injury in Week Two. The way injured reserve works in the NFL. So Sterling Shepard got placed on injured reserve after that Week Two loss to Chicago. That means he has to miss at least the next three. He had to miss at least the next three games. So the Week Three game against the Niners, and then Week Four and Five against the Rams and the Cowboys, respectively. After those three missed games, he could be desi- They could designate him for return, which means he practices. And then once they designate him for return, they have twenty-one day. They have a twenty-one day time frame to take him off IR. Okay, and if they don't take him off IR. In those 21 days, uh, then he goes back on IR for the remainder of the season. So, But he hasn't even been designated to return yet. Uh, he didn't practice on Thursday. He didn't dress for practice on Thursday, but he did. I believe he worked with the trainers on the side. My guess is he's not going to be designated for return and come off IR prior to this Washington matchup on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if they think he's exactly ready yet, and I don't think they want to designate him for return not have him play against Washington and then wait until next week possibly because I don't know if they want to screw up that timetable. I think they don't want to like designate him for return right now and all of a sudden like maybe he has a setback and then all of a sudden, you know, the days go by, the couple weeks go by and then the 21 day time frame is over and then he's done for the year after two games. I don't think they want to mess with that time frame at all and they shouldn't. Uh so it doesn't seem like he's going to be ready for the Washington game. And he may not even be ready for the following game either. Because the Giants play Washington this Sunday. And then they have at Philly on Thursday. So he may not even be ready for that game either. I think one of the more likely scenarios... I mean, who knows right now? He could be back for that Philly game. But I think the more realistic scenario is that Shepard isn't back until the Week 8 matchup against Tampa Bay... Uh, Monday night game at MetLife Stadium. Uh, it's in the same concept with Philly. I don't think they want to desi- they don't want to designate him too early and screw up that time frame and then end up screwing themselves over. You know, later on if that time frame expires and he still is not off, he still is not off injured reserve. So that's my that's my take on it. And uh, I not really a take, but I, th- that's what they're doing. You know, that's what they're very much seems like they're doing. They don't want to mess up with that timetable. And uh, screw themselves over because they would love to have Shepard back. I mean, the giant Daniel Jones has thrown two touchdown. The, the, the team has had two touchdown passes the whole year. Should have had three with the fake field goal that Cam Fleming didn't get down in the stands for. I obviously ranted that in the last ranted about that in the last episode. Um, but you know they they, they need more uh, weapons in the passing game, and I'm sure they'd love to have Shepard back and. You should want Shepard back because he can, you know, make plays. So, uh, yeah, but moving on, per usual, going to preview this upcoming matchup, Giants and the Washington football team. Uh, what a matchup. 0-5 versus 1-4. Last time these two teams played, it was a Chase Young Bowl. Remember that? Week 16 uh, in Washington. Uh, went to overtime. Giants won 41 to 35. Whoever lost that game was basically getting the number two pick in the draft. So Chase Young, Washington lost. Now they have Chase Young. So and Chase Young will be going up against Andrew Thomas, who the Giants drafted in the first round, obviously. But um, hey, Giants are only two games behind the Cowboys, who are the division leaders. 
and Washington's just one game. So this could be a big game, actually, or a decent a decent game as far as the division standings. Uh, not obviously, it's going to be a big game for the division standings now because all those teams are close right now in the NFC East because every team in the NFC East sucks. So obviously, this game is going to be big for the division standings now, but it could be big later on in the year as well. You know, this could be a loss that, say, the Giants get some wins. I'm not saying they're going to, nor nor do I think they're going to. But say the Giants win some games, and you know. This could be, if they lose this game, it could be a game that comes back to haunt them later on in the year. Just a hypothetical. As I said, I don't think the Giants are going to be winning a lot of games or be close to the playoffs, but just a hypothetical. But from my understanding is this. The Giants will be facing Kyle Allen. So Dwayne Haskins was benched, and then he got sick, and now there are rumors he he could end up being traded. And uh, it's just, like, weird because, like, anytime the Giants play Washington now, all I can think of is, like, Daniel Jones versus Dwayne Haskins. Giants passed up on Dwayne Haskins to get Daniel Jones. Dwayne Haskins didn't exactly like the Giants passing up on him to get Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins from the beginning was set to be an in-division rivalry. But now, like, that's, like, not happening. That's not, like, a thing anymore. Like, Haskins may be benched, which is crazy. Or, excuse me, Haskins may be traded, which which is crazy. He's already been benched. Um... You know, there, there's rumors that he could be moved. So, and he's not even the second string anymore. Like, he got he got demoted from starter to third string. Kyle Allen is starting. Alex Smith is his backup. So, Dwayne Haskins is number three. And I don't think he was active for that last game, this past Sunday's game. And I don't think, he, he may not be active this Sunday. Who knows? So, it's a weird, what a, just a disappointing, you know, situation. That whole thing. I mean, I, I feel bad for Haskins, though. Because, like... He's in a tough situation. Washington's not exactly a great organization at all. I mean, they, they've been dysfunctional for years. So, um, yeah, it's so the Giants, all in all, Giants are going to be facing Kyle Allen. And uh, listen, I'm not going to bore you with the game plans because it's going to be the same thing as it was last week, which is, you know, and basically a lot of the other weeks. Giants got to tire the defense out, open up the play action, attack them through the air, run the hurry up, overwhelm the defense altogether. And then on defense, they pressure Kyle Allen, force him to beat you. Don't force the run game to beat you with Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber. I'm not going to get in too into the game plans because it's much of the same week in and week out. All I'm going to say is that this is going to very much be a defensive battle. Both of these defenses are in the top. Both of these defenses are in the top half half of the league in average yards allowed per game, while both of these offensive units are near the bottom of the league in points per game. I believe the Giants are thirty first in scoring, while Washington is thirtieth. So, uh, if you're better, hammer the under. I believe it's under forty seven right now. Uh, I gotta check, double check that. But this is going to be a defensive battle, okay? And this Giants defense is going to need to step up like it has for much of the year. They got to contain the run, which they didn't last week. They got to utilize their pass rushing. Their excuse me. They got to utilize their pass rushing weapons, which they sort of have a few of right now. And they need to be creative. Maybe send Logan Ryan on a blitz, or Jabril, or Peppers, or both. For all I care, just send guys at the quarterback. Just pressure the the quarterback, please. Okay, that's what needs to be done. Send Logan Ryan. Send Peppers. Send both. What do I care? Just send guys towards Kyle Allen. Overwhelm him, pressure him, mess with his head, get in his head. That's what you got to do. And make the plays defensively 
so this offense doesn't have to make many. If that could be done, the Giants should win this game. Every game plan has to be this. The defense needs to make plays for the Giants. The defense needs to make enough plays for the Giants so the Giants offense doesn't have to make many. Because we know the Giants offense can't make many plays. At all. One of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense in the league overall. So if the defense can make enough plays and the so the offense doesn't have to make many, that should be the game plan each and every week. That's what should be you know, said throughout the building every single week. Okay, and if there is, um, and if there's a game they win this year, the Giants, it's this one. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is, if they go 1-15, this is the game they win. At home against the Washington football team. That's it. If they can't win this game, if the Giants come up short at home, against the one team that they've been able to beat at all much of the last couple of years, four years, if they can't beat this team, 0-16 may actually be a po- actual possibility. I know we may joke about it here and there, and sometimes I'm really not joking about 0-16. I kind of think that's an actual possibility. Uh, a loss to Washington at home would be Horrific. That would be a tough Monday morning. And then you got a short week after that because then they go to Philly for Thursday Night Football, which likely isn't a win either, despite the fact that Philly's pretty bad too. So, and if they don't win this week at they don't win this week at home against Washington, where are the wins coming from? Man, where are the wins coming from? They're not going to beat Baltimore. They're not going to beat Seattle. They're not going to beat Tampa Bay. Probably not Philly, at least I don't think. Probably not Dallas. Uh, I don't think Cleveland at all, no. Probably not Arizona. I could see Kyler Murray torching this Giants defense, despite the fact that this Giants defense has been dominant, or at least productive and successful for much of this year. So, if they don't beat this Washington, if they don't beat the Washington football team this Sunday at home, where are the wins coming from? Huge question. And it's the answer would be who knows? Who knows where the wins are coming from? Uh, but yeah, I I think it's going to be a defensive battle. I think both these defenses are going to step up, and the Giants are just the Giants defense, Patrick Graham's defense is just going to need to make enough plays uh, to win the game. And uh, I'm expecting a big game out of uh, the defensive backs, and there has to, the secondary has to step up, especially with the pass rush losing two of their guys. This defense, this defensive backfield needs to step up. Expecting a big game out of James Bradbury as he's you know put together for much of the year. Uh, Logan Ryan as well. Jabril Peppers. Uh, who knows the role he's going to have? He had sort of had a limited role against the Cowboys because he's been hurt with that um, that ankle sprain that he suffered against the 49ers. Remember, he was out for the Rams game, so he's had a limited role. Who knows? You know how much he's going to how how much playing time he's going to see on Sunday. Uh, expect a big game out of Ryan Lewis. We'll see what happens with Adrian Colbert. Adrian Colbert did not play well against the Cowboys for the most part. Had those two pat, those two personal fouls, and the, it's too many mistakes. It's too many mistakes for my liking, really. Uh, but the Giants seem to like him, though. The Giants seem to like Colbert, even though he made you know a couple mistakes against the Cowboys. We'll see how much they play him this week. But who knows? The Giants have seemed to like him more than they like Julian Love. Because Julian Love did not see the field at all, at least offensively, 
against the Cowboys. But I'm expecting a, I'm hoping for a big game out of this secondary. That's just, just you know, that's just a unit that really needs to come through uh, and, you know, come up big for the Giants. Uh, and they could, you know, with a win, they could literally get within one win of the division leaders this week. <laughs> Imagine that. One in five, the Giants could be within one win of the division leaders. That's absurd. That is absolutely absurd. That's how bad the NFC East is. That's how putrid this division has been this year. Um, I think it's just, that's absurd. One in five. If they, they have to win first, and then they go one in five, they could be within one win of the Cowboys if they lose, as well as the Eagles if they win. I don't see the Eagles beating Baltimore, and you know who's. Let's see what Andy Dalton can do uh, for the Cowboys this week. Um, but um, am I endorsing a Giants win? No, no. I I like to use my reverse psychology, even though it has not worked out so far. I I I pick them to win; they don't win. I pick them to lose; they don't win. You know, nothing I can do is right. But um, I want to keep it going with the reverse psychology. I say the Redskins pull it out. And uh, I say they win a... They win a close one, 24-20. to 20. Do the Giants at least get the 20 points offensively? Uh, but I say Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen makes a couple plays, and um, that may be all that they, you know, all the, all the football team needs to do. So, but until then, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh... Subscribe, listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, wherever you can find them on all major platforms, as always. Once again, I am Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. And all right, I'm out of here.